Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, well, we're going to continue, and if you haven't uh, checked out Bet Online, head to betonline.ag. Use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus. Uh, we're talking NFL draft and, and our draft reaction, and you can already make picks on next year's draft. You can see how odds have changed with new players on all the NFL teams, what their chances are to win the division, win the conference, win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. You can check all of that out at betonline.ag again our code is b-l-e-a-v so in our last episode we talked specifically about the commanders we are believing commanders um you can you can check out what we we talked about there with what we thought about the commanders we each gave them a word to describe and grade their draft now just kind of going generic with the nfl draft reaction uh anthony it was a lot of fun i I know you watched into the weekend and it wasn't just a one night thing for you just like it wasn't for me um we watched all the all the the rounds i probably watched way too much my family's probably getting annoyed but what what are some of your overall prevailing thoughts of the nfl draft over those uh three days it felt like it was a really good draft overall just from everybody all teams seemed to do uh what what was right for the time? You know, the one pick that had me scratching my head was early on when you see Jameer Gibbs go uh, early to Detroit. That was the one that kind of was like, eh, what? You know, but outside of that, I think teams picked well within their needs. They picked players that were uh, like Philly hit the jackpot a couple of times, uh, unfortunately, yeah. but teams did a good job. I, th- I think it was delivered well. I, I think that the uh, presentation was good. Um and that first round was really, really exciting. I I was on the edge of my seat for that that very first night, uh, just watching the way teams were maneuvering. I really loved what D'Amico Ryan's did uh, over there in Houston, just trading back up for Will Anderson. Uh, and I think that sets the tone. That sets the tone for the AFC South. It really does. He's an aggressive coach. He's aggressive defense, and he's going to make an aggressive play to go get his defensive leader in Will Anderson. So just watch out, Jaguars. Watch out, AFC South. Because the Texans are coming. Yeah, I thought there were some interesting picks all around. You mentioned Jameer Gibbs, the running back, Bijan Robinson going in the top 10, and in the fall of some quarterbacks. We saw in some mock drafts, and I even got suckered in. I thought uh, five quarterbacks would go in the first round. But other than the big three in the top four picks, uh, another quarterback didn't go until the second round, and Will Levis, and then Hennon Hooker didn't even go until the third round. So I thought the quarterbacks' uh, choices and – and, and things were, were interesting. You mentioned the AFC South. Could Will Levis compete with an aging Ryan Tannehill for a job in, at Tennessee? Uh, Hendon Hooker behind Jared Goff in Detroit. So I thought there were some interesting placements. But, yeah, for me, the dominating thought was, man, those freaking Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about I had a bad feeling that they were going to get a, a running back, and I was right. I, we just didn't mention – the guy that they ended up getting, DeAndre Swift, was a was a huge uh, draft trade. What was that? The second day of yeah. the draft, they go and get him for a fourth round pick, and the Eagles just continued to attack success. It would have been easy for them to kind of sit back um, and make those picks, which were already you know feel like home runs. But on top of that, they they went and addressed other places where they they had already signed a Rashad Penny and they they'd already they already had Boston Scott in their backfield. But they went and got even better with DeAndre Swift. 
Um, I felt like the Eagles, among a couple other teams, just really, as you mentioned with the, the Texans, attack success. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, they're the real deal, and they're going for it, yeah. and they, they feel like just getting to the Super Bowl is not enough. They, they want to get over that hump, and that is scary to see as a, a team uh, in the same division as them. It, it really is. I mean, overall, I think the division did well. You know, I think the division did pretty well. They addressed a few spots. I, if I if I had to pick who who got better the most, I th- would think Philly did. Uh, just on on paper, just by their first round, some of the players that they got, and you got to you have to include that trade. I think that they got they probably improved the best. Um, you know, Washington though, I think Washington was probably second on that list of how they got better, um, simply because of the DB help. Uh, you know, with with uh, Forbes and with Martin, those two guys coming in, fill in some cu- couple of spots on defense that are uh, pressing needs, and you know, filling in with those O linemen uh, that 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 helps check a couple of boxes as well. But I think Washington is second in, in the division of how they got how they've improved uh, just from this draft alone. Um, kind of like what the Giants did, you know, they went and got Jalen Hyatt, got Deontay Banks from Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, there's going to be a couple of uh, there's gonna there's gonna there's gonna be some 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 battles out there this year. The NFC East is gonna be another exciting year, but I think overall Philly led the way. Washington was second, and who improved the most? And then uh, the Giants rolled rolled in in third. Yeah, the Cowboys kind of felt like they were all over the place. I think they really got. Uh, I feel like a couple guys went probably right before they were trying to pick. It's what it kind of seemed like. Um, I will say they they had the the moment of the draft for me. When uh, Deuce Vaughn's dad got to call him and tell him, ask him if he wants to go to work with him. Yeah. As much as I can't stand the Cowboys, man, that tug it, tugged at my heart. That was so cool. Uh, yeah, just one man. of the many cool moments to see from the draft that just thinks it was the Cowboys. But man, what an incredible moment. It was. You literally took the words out of my mouth because when he was like, hey, man, you want to you want to come to work with me next week? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a love. I love Incredible. it. Like, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. I was like, oh, yeah. man, that's amazing. I mean, it's ha- I'm happy for everybody who gets drafted, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody gets signed, obviously, after the fact. Um, it's it's such a it's a dream come true. I mean, something that's literally been, you know, 50, uh, probably 15, 16, 17, more, 18, 19, 20 years in the making, you know, obviously, whenever they first started to follow football mind you know 15 year olds were drafted um but just all that culmination of the hard work the off seasons the driving the practices the lacing up shoes oh you forgot your cleats i'll go get your key all of that stuff has come to this moment uh to get drafted in the nfl and um i'm I'm happy for those guys i'm excited for it yeah for me it's fun like obviously you kind of think you're gonna hit with your first round or you kind of feel like and it's not the case, but it feels like they're the given. But it's fun to look back, you know, after a couple of years and see where some of these studs ended up going in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And yeah. now seeing some of these players that are picked in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you're kind of like, is that going to be the next George Kittle? Is that yeah. going to be a guy that contributes for years, even though he was drafted on the third day? That's kind of the yeah. fun part for me is is more so than grades, just kind of seeing the fit for guys and 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 how exciting and learning about some of the guys that they talk about when when they're drafted. That's that's the best part. Yeah, getting to hear those stories, get to connect with them a little bit. You know, you actually start to you know grant, uh, grow an affinity towards a player just based on your story, on their story, what they've come through, what they've overcome. Um, uh, what what is your mm, if you can pinpoint one 
Do you have somebody that you think would be a probably most likely to just have the most success in their first year? Like, you know, so maybe a second day, third day guy. Is there anybody that point that you you kind of had on your wish list or one of your favorite players coming into the draft? Um, and then you think that they're going to have some success in their new position, even if it's a first round or two. We, we don't have to, you, you know, we don't have to go all the way, you know, deep into the draft to figure that one out. Ah, man, I gotta think. I, okay. I feel I'll like I'll go first. I can go yeah, first. Yeah. I'll go first. Um, and I'll say this: I'll, I'll put mine in the first round. I'll put mine in the first round, and it's Jackson Smith Najigba. I think that he's going to have a lot of success out there in Seattle. Um, He's coming up behind a Tyler Lockett, great receiver, veteran, uh, good head on his shoulders. Um, he's going to be able to be a, a role model for him. Then he's also going to be able to learn from DK Metcalf, physical specimen, uh, but understanding that DK is going to take a lot of that pressure um, yeah. that he's not going to have to deal with. So, you know, the Ohio State receivers have, have had a lot of success in this NFL <laughs> as of late. Um, obviously, one's in Washington, so I don't see why uh, Mr. You know Jackson Smith Najigba wouldn't have any success out there in Seattle. So I'm excited to see what he does. Coming off of that Rose Bowl and then a, a season that was kind of marred by injuries, now he's going to get drafted. He's been drafted. I'm excited to see what he can do out there in Seattle. Yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to kind of stick with the, the family theme, and then I got one that's kind of a, a wild card, kind of along the lines of what you're saying. But I thought it was so cool that Joey Porter Jr. ended up with the Steelers just like his dad. That That's a really cool moment, kind of talking about the, the dad thing and, and yeah. all that. So it's kind of so cool to see the next um, generation of Porters going to the Steelers. And then a guy that I hope, you know, um, for his sake and his teammates' sake has a, has a good career and is really solid is Tank Dell. I don't know if you heard this story that C.J. Stroud uh, gets drafted number two overall by the Texans. And apparently he, he formed a really good relationship um, with Houston wide receiver Tank Dell, Houston uh, Cougars, but now Houston Texans wide receiver Tank Dell that he went on and, and vouched for him. And they ended up drafting him in the third round. I think that would be so cool to see him work out him and CJ Stroud kind of forming this friendship and then being drafted on the same team for a Texans team that, you know, need some some playmakers out there. I think it would just be really cool if he, a third round receiver like Terry McLaurin, could be that guy and yeah. could have some success after after you know one of the studs kind of vouch for him. I thought that I thought that would be kind of a cool story too. That that would be big, and then having that chemistry out of the gate, you yeah. know, like you you realize a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of these guys know each other, and they, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Philly picked everybody from the same. Uh, same college, but a lot of these guys know each other just from competition and growing up and going to different camps throughout all the years. And you, you see each other, you know, have success. They follow each other on social media. So um, it's, it's, it's more like a brotherhood seeing somebody else get drafted. You know, it's not as many, I don't want to say there's not as many like rivalries. I'm sure they're out there, but you know, it's good to, it's good to be able to go into that experience with some people that, you know, um, and, and, I, I mean, hey, I, I didn't get drafted. I didn't get drafted. So I don't know what that feeling is like to be able to hear your name called, get that phone call, right. all that stuff. But um, I know that it has to feel good to be able to experience it with some friends. I know that much. Yeah, experience it with some people that yeah. you know and that you've competed with your entire life. 
I thought it was cool, uh, you know, kind of seeing the commander specifically. And I, I'm willing to bet other coaches did as well. But Ron Rivera, on almost all the calls that he had with the guys they were drafting, he uh, he made sure to, to, to you know, talk to them. And I know it happens a little bit before we see on the TV and all that. But he made sure to hang up with them before their name was called on the TV. I thought that was cool because, like you said, it, it's got to be such a cool feeling, whether you're pick one or you're pick – 250, whatever it is, uh, to see your name up on TV, whether or not that's the, the highlight of your career or just the start of, of something special in the NFL. It is really, it's got to be really cool to, to have your name called like that. And it's exciting for all those guys. And I thought it was cool that Ron Rivera kind of made sure to, to, to hang up and be like, hey, go enjoy this. And then we'll get Man. down to the nitty gritty right after that. Yeah, because it's gonna get nitty. It's gonna get gritty. <laughs> the, the heat turns up. All that love fest and all that little handshakes and high fives. It goes away quickly. It's time to place on them cleats and get to work. But uh no, that is that's that's respectable, man. Like, go enjoy that moment with your family, with your friends, uh, and get to hear your name. I mean, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You don't get to have it twice. Uh, that's a very, very, very special moment, man. A lot of dreams coming true uh, just just over this past weekend. I'm well, excited. So let me ask you, um, we talked about the, the Texans, the Eagles um, specifically. Uh, I think there was a, uh, I think there were a couple of uh, not as big a names as, as DeAndre Swift traded. I think Adam Troutman went from New Orleans to Denver. So we, saw, we didn't see as yeah. many player trades as we thought would happen. But we did see some teams be very aggressive, whether it be Houston moving up from 12 to 3 to pick twice in the top three. Uh, whether it be Philadelphia and their moves. Um, I heard a quote that Martin Mayhew for the commanders, and, and I want to kind of tie the commanders into this league-wide discussion, that he said he was kind of – I think he almost gave away too much, but he was saying that he kind of wished they were a little more aggressive, whether that means to move up or trade for a player. I don't know exactly, and I think he kind of quieted down once he kind of said that. What are your thoughts about the commanders not – you know, moving up, not, not, not to move up just for moving up sake, but when you see teams like the Texans, like the Eagles, like some of these other teams kind of attacking success, does that worry you uh, for the commanders or is that just a, another strategy or a different way of doing things? You know, I don't think it worries me at all that they weren't, you know, quote unquote aggressive. They weren't trying to go out there and I don't know, jump into the top 10, you know, who knows what they were going to do if they would have made some of those, you know, decisions, if they done, if they had done that. I mean, hell, you had Christian Gonzalez fall right to 16 and then you went in another direction. It's not a problem at all. Um, I, I feel like being that aggressive, number one, that isn't, that probably isn't Ron Rivera's MO, even though his river yeah. wrote Ron. And, you know, hell, I think coming off of last year, they they rolled the dice and, and made a risk to go in, and acquire Carson Wentz. And that didn't work sure. out well. Um, and when you look at ownership changes and is this your last season, are you going to get to coach the people that, you know, like at that point, maybe it's like, hey, I don't need to necessarily be aggressive and jump up there. I, I'm, I like I wouldn't have wanted to be aggressive and and end up having let's say they, they jump up and grab a quarterback and said quarterback you know isn't the guy but then you also didn't get to fill in these other positions like you're going to have with a Quan Martin and with some of these offensive linemen you know what I mean I think yeah. you lose that draft capital and I'm I'm just willing to be patient because I've been saying it and pounding the table for a year or two 
almost a, almost two years that this team is wasn't one player away, and they're yeah. so 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 close right now. Like Sam Howell, if he comes and lights it up, boom, you you can call it lightning in a bottle. Because I think you're going to have a lot of the other pieces put together. If that defense gets back to that 2020 form, that you're going to have some things to really, really work with. So them not being over aggressive, I mean, it's it's, it's tough to talk about if you don't know what they're what they were going to go up and get. Right. You know, I mean, seeing those linebackers go like Luke and Lucas Van Ness didn't expect him to go at 12. Mm-hmm. You know. So like I feel some of if, if you weren't aggressive to jump into 10 up to up in the top 10, get ahead of Philly and you know try to get a Jalen Carter for whatever reason. Like some of those other teams not picking who you would have thought they would have picked makes it okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess for me, it like and maybe I'm projecting, but like and I don't know that the commanders necessarily needed a DeAndre Swift, but to see you know, a premier running back go for only a, a fourth round pick. It's like, well, the commanders could have done that. And, and to see some of these moves that, that for teams that, that seem to be aggressive and seem to be attacking success and not being complacent, I agree that I don't think it's, it's, it's Ron Rivera's MO. But every now and then I feel like they could. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe they feel burnt and maybe they, they don't trust themselves after the Carson Wentz debacle. Uh, but I, I, I kind of tweeted this out. I was like, I'm going to be so frustrated if and when Devin White is traded to the Eagles or, you know, the Seahawks for a, a middle round pick when the commanders obviously could use some linebacker help. They really, in my opinion, only have one starting caliber linebacker on their roster. It's just that kind of thing. And maybe I'm projecting some negativity there, but yeah. it does feel like some teams are trying actively and more maybe aggressively to, to get better where the commanders are kind of letting it come to them. And I yeah. wonder if they need to switch that up a little bit. And I'm not saying just yeah. to move around the draft board or trade players yeah. because you want to take a risk on people. But I think that there is some validity to that. And we just saw the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. And instead of, you know, sitting back and letting the draft come to them, they move up, they move around, and they yeah. know way better. So, you know, I, I, maybe I'm just being jealous of what other people have. No, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, I just, I just feel like Washington has taken a, a route that has been a slow cooker. You know, we're going to build this thing, mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, and that, and that's how it's going to get built. Now we, we've talked about it before. Are they in the, were they, will they make a play for Caleb Williams? You know, I mean, hell, I'd love to see him make a move if they, if they happen to find their way at 16 and they package everything up and try to jump up and get this kid. Like, I wouldn't be mad at it in that situation. I'm, I, I tend to, I tend to play, be a little bit more conservative in how I'm going to handle my assets. So, um, you know, I, I feel you. I, I yeah. totally do. I totally uh, do. I mean, yeah, I, I, and- I I would, I'm sorry. I would hate to see. I would hate just like I would hate to see a Devin White or even a Patrick Queen who they're not picking up to his fifth year option. I would hate to see those guys get traded for you know late third day three draft well, picks in Washington. Yeah, for pennies and nobody jumped in there. So I'd yeah. be upset about that. It, it just also on a separate note, and, and who knows for sure what the future holds. Maybe maybe Josh Harris comes in and loves Ron Rivera, loves the 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 trajectory of the team but this has felt um 
you know, I see the Eagles attacking success. I see the Texans attacking success. You know, we saw, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks had a had a diamond in the rough in Tariq Woolen at, at corner. And what do they do? Their first pick is another corner. You know, I, I see these teams that kind of just seem to to building um, – uh, building, you know, on some of their strengths. And I just thought this was not, not an underwhelming, but not a like overly glamorous draft for, for a regime that could be fighting for their jobs. And maybe that's where I'm coming from. And maybe I'm putting too much into that, but it just felt not as, uh, not as flashy and not that flashy is always the right way. It just felt a little odd the way it, it worked out for the commanders, especially when some other teams were making moves. I guess that's my, my piece on it. I, I feel you 100%. I get you. I get you. And I but and that's why I was saying in our previous episode, I was sitting on pins and needles expecting them to make a jump up to like 12 or something like that just to find a way to get a little bit closer to the top just because there were some just there was some jostling going on. I mean immediately Houston Houston had to be on the phone with Arizona while they were on the phone with CJ Stroud. You know what I mean? They're like, "Hey, man, call Arizona on your other on the other phone, and let them know we want to move up to 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 three. You know, like that yeah. had to have happened. You know, so once that happened, you're like, "Oh crap! Hold on a second. This is nobody had this projected like this. Let's see. Yeah. Um. And and from for your argument, jumping in right there when it when it was starting to get a little bit spicy, and there was a lot of teams that would have been willing to make a move. And I think they could have jumped up and, you know, probably grabbed a little higher graded player. Um, but I, I also have to applaud their patience of, of sitting back and saying, let's let this thing come to us. Um, yeah. On both, both, and this is a weird situation. Both sides, both things can be right, folks. Both, yeah. both things can be right. Yeah, maybe they should have been a little bit more aggressive. But I did like that they didn't give up any picks next year, I don't believe. I think they used – a couple extra picks that they had to move up to get KJ Henry. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw a team uh, already trading, I think a 2025 draft pick. So yes. I don't want to, I don't want to mortgage that kind of. Future. That's what, that that's what Philly gave. Yeah. That's yeah. What Philly gave. They gave up a 2025 to Detroit. I'm like, that's a whole two years away. Right. Right. But I mean, and I'm I get, like, I, hey. I get, a, I get you have a window and you want to attack that window, but man, I would love, It'll be interesting to see what that 2025 pick turns into. So overall, we, we kind of did it with the commander specifically, but if you're thinking of the whole three-day event, all seven rounds, all 32 teams, what's your overarching um, kind of thought, word, um, just what you'll remember from the 2023 draft? Hmm. I'm I'm gonna remember all of the, uh, the 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 creative presenters that showed up, especially later on when they started having guests guests come up yeah. and, and present the picks. There was a lot of teams and a lot of fans and a lot of players that were really you know riling up the Kansas City Kansas City uh, uh, faithful. Yeah. So that that was most memorable to me just to hear all of all of that. I mean, obviously Drew Pearson has been doing it for years. He's been really digging in. Uh, on teams and and the other thing I want to remember the most is I caught this on day three. Uh, it was Mel Kuyper's fortieth draft, and everybody was you know I think it was Charles Davis and um, you know Todd McShay. They were just going on telling all these stories about uh, Mel Kuyper and just you know how he does his job and how it got started and 
I mean, that that's the guy's voice that you hear. That's the guy's voice that when you're in high school and in, in college and you're watching the draft, it's his name. He's like, Todd, 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 Todd. Look, this Armstrong kid out of West Texas and m he's fast, he's long, he's da 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 He can run the deep ball, he can run all the routes. Like, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear your voice, your name, I'm sorry, on with his voice talking about you in the draft. So congrats to Mel Kuyper, 40 years. That's amazing. 40, I think it's 43rd overall draft. Yeah. I mean, I'm hell, I'm 40. He's been doing the draft since I've been – literally the whole time. So yeah. 40 that's years true. for me, 40 years for you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's – yeah, he he was like – before they went to like multi-channel coverage, it was Mel Kuyper and whoever the host was, at, you know, at ESPN. Those were like – that was it. So, yeah, he definitely has like kind of turned this into the huge event that it is. Yeah. I think that's what I, I always love is seeing the event and like seeing dreams come true. I've said that from the beginning, whether it's first round or seventh round or even undrafted, you know, like there, there's a chance to, to go be special for uh, a team. And I'm excited to see how it works out and how, you know, looking back on like, Oh my gosh, that guy went in the fifth round. How did he last yeah. that long? And he had this hall of fame career. And then yeah. I thought the cool thing, they started uh, day three with a stat when I was watching on ESPN, it started with a stat um, and said, uh, so-and-so percent are, you know, of players in, on the 2022 rosters come from the first round so-and-so from the second and third round, and then 64% from the fourth through seventh round and undrafted. And to me, that kind of said, yes, that's the biggest portion of the draft. Obviously, a lot of guys are going to come from that portion. But to me, it's it's not like these are throwaway picks on those last days, and those are contributors that we've seen for the commanders and we've seen across the league. Those guys come in and have huge roles and end up being studs for teams. So I think it's very cool that – while they didn't spend a whole lot of time on, you know, on those guys in the later rounds, those guys are just as important and are just as important when a team is hoisting the Lombardi trophy. So it's exciting. And I know in our next episode, we'll talk about a little bit about undrafted free agents and rookie mini camps. But uh, to me, it's just always the excitement of, of guys getting the chance. Really, it's like they're, they're getting their first jobs, right? And they're going yeah. out and a chance to prove themselves, whether they are uh, pick 1.1 or if they're pick 7.32 you know what i mean yeah. so uh, i'm excited about that and and that's kind of what I'll, I'll remember from this draft and i always like to try to guess like oh that guy's that guy has a name that i feel like we're going to be talking about in 10 years wondering how he lasted to the sixth round so that's always fun for me um but the draft is is just kind of the, the start of the new league season right like now we know the yeah. 20 we know the guys that are going to make up the teams of the 2023 24 rosters and uh, from here on out, it's the chase to the to the trophy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I tell you, um, there's always an undrafted free agent that's going to show up and uh, make a splash as well. Uh, you can bet on that, and you can also bet on futures, and you can bet on NBA. You can bet on NHL playoffs over there at Bet Online using our code Believe B L E A V. Get that fifty percent welcome bonus. Uh, shout out to those guys always sponsoring us and taking care of us. Make sure we're here uh showing doing this for y'all so shout out to the That's folks right. over there at bet online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube